Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi everyone, um, I'm back with another episode of A Melting Pot and um, once again I'm still in Chiang Mai and I'm interviewing the lovely Kaylin. Um, she has so much to talk about, um, she's such an interesting person and um, I can't wait to start this conversation with her. So hi Hi, Kaylin. Hello, Payao. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, taking the time off to talk to me. And, um, you know, and I've, I mean, a couple of nights ago, had this absolutely incredible meal at your at your restaurant. And so, I mean, I can't wait to, to for you to share more about that. But normally what I do with all my guests is that I first um, like to know you know, and I'm sure my, my listeners do too. So before I go any further into this conversation, I just want to let the listeners know that we're actually sitting by the river. Uh, so, you know, you may hear, you know, boats passing by and all of that. So just ignore it. Um, and just let's just focus on on Kaylin and forget about what's happening in the background. Um, so yeah, so um, tell, tell us, you know, about you. Firstly, hi Paya. Thank you for having me on Melting Pot. I like that name. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I'm a true Singaporean. Okay. Born, bred, lived all my life in Singapore. Okay. So I didn't even go overseas or, you know, for a stint or to study or anything like that. And um, so moving to Thailand or in Chiang Mai was a big leap of faith. So how everything started was um, when I was doing a little bit of a teaching stint in Catholic Junior College. Okay. In Singapore. In Singapore. Okay. okay. So before teaching, I was actually uh, an investment banker. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Yeah, so after graduation, it yeah. was banking. Okay. And uh, so to be honest, banking money was good, but I found something missing in life. Hmm. So it was still in that part of like searching what, you know, like for, for something that 
just, you know, I couldn't figure. And uh, I don't know what happened, but I thought I'll try teaching. Mum's a teacher. Okay. So I thought, okay, so went into NIE. Okay. Loved economics. Okay. So started um, teaching in a junior college. Okay. And that's when I met uh, a nun. A, a nun? A nun. Okay. She okay. is actually an IJ nun. What's IJ? Convent of the Holy Infant Jesus, CHIJ. Okay. okay. So they are teaching nuns. They, their ministry is teaching. Okay. So she came to visit um, the college. Okay. And I happened to bump into her and she was just telling um, us, a few of us, what she does back in Chiang, north of Chiang Rai. Okay. So this is Chiang Mai. This yeah. is north of Chiang Rai. Right. And I found it quite interesting. Yeah. So at that time, um, I think now as well, all students need to do like 40 hours of community service, service. work. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I thought, why not um, take the kids up for a trip? Right. And this will probably just kill the 40 hours at, <laughs> at, a, <laughs> shot. at, at a shot. So yeah. quite convenient, right? Yeah. Convenient for them, convenient for me. Yeah. And uh, so we arranged a trip and then started by taking the first batch of students up to the center. And it kind of changed my life, changed their lives. And this became... So um, what is it that you were doing? I mean, what so, was the community service? So that, that center caters to 17 mainly Hmong village hill tribes. Okay. So in the north of Thailand, we have a lot of um, different hill tribes. Okay. You have the long neck ones, I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. Right? The yeah. Karen long yeah. necks. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. the Hmongs are one of the other marginalized hill tribes in the north. Okay. So they look after 17 villages. Father, okay. this priest and sister. Right. So what this center primarily does is take in the poorest of the poor kids. Okay. About They started off small, so about 30 kids, and eventually with help and financial aid, they could take up to 70 or 80 kids per year. Okay. And then uh, what we do is, the idea is the centre will see them through education, mm-hmm. take care of all their schooling needs, etc. Okay. And then hopefully when they grow up, they inculcate the right values right. in their respective villages and then this perpetuates. Right, right. So when we bring um, our Singaporean students up, right. is to just see another different world. Yeah. The perspective yeah. that, you yeah. know. Yeah, which you don't really see in Singapore. You, yeah. you probably don't understand the word poverty yeah. Yeah. until you go up there and then you realise what is poverty. Yeah. So, like, you know, it just... We throw apples away. We cut them and then it turns brown. We throw them away. Yeah. So a big treat for these kids would be when we go up and we buy each of them an apple, which they get to eat once a year oh when God. we are there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know, things that we take for, for granted. granted. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just slaps you in your face and it's a big wake-up yeah. call. Yeah. And uh, so subsequently, this work that I did started spreading. Okay. And other convent schools hopped on. Okay. And some non-Christian schools also hopped on. It right. It's a social initiative. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. A, it was never meant to be part of um, religion per se. Right. And uh, so every so it became quite a constant thing. So we had March holidays, June holidays, September holidays, December holidays. Every week, I would arrange for one school to be up there. Okay. And every time when they go up. Prior to going up, it will be a little bit of a mini project. Like, okay, if they need, let's say, just plastic cupboards, right. shelves, right. 
then they raise funds, they do whatever that needs so to be done. So the kids have to raise. The Singaporean the kids, kids will do their raise. part. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, also plan activities when they are up there. Yeah. Could be a small English lesson, could be an art and craft. Yeah. And then at the end of it all, they would, both parties would do a little concert. You know, Singaporean kids. Together. Yeah. Yes. So it would be like a combined thing. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that's, that's usually the program and hmm. how things work. And I th- and how long would you bring them here for? A week. A week. Usually okay. a week. Okay, okay. Usually yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. So this is totally different as well because they'll be sleeping in like, in the hostels. Right. But they will visit the villages. Right. So if you go to the villages a mud hut, a small mud hut. Hmm. And then there's a raised platform like this table here. Yeah, yeah. And that's where everybody sleeps. Hmm. And then next to it is the kitchen. Everything in one square. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they build a fire there, they cook there, they sleep there, you know, in toilets and outhouse. So the adventurous students might spend a night with the people in the villages. So did you find that they were, that some of the students wanted to do it? Yes, some of the students. It came from within. I actually could categorize into three categories, the students that go up. It's very clear. Yeah. It either touches them in a big way, and when they come back, they're totally changed. Yeah. They realize how privileged they They are. are. Yeah. A group where it's just part of the community service. So, you know, they've gone there, been there, done that, that's it. Right, right. And a group where they will look at it from outside like, this is another world. It is not my world. It will never mm. be part of my world. And they mm. just look at it from outside lenses. Mm. So basically, you would see the, the three categories. And then you come back, you, know, you kind of know what, which category they fall into. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's like... So did you have any students who came back to you and said, oh, like, Kaylin, we want to do this again? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there are students who graduated. Okay. So respectively in their universities or amongst a group of friends. Right. Even colleagues. Right. They will arrange for an event or an outing to go up on their own. Right. Raising funds and doing whatever they need. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so basically giving back. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. right. Yes. I mean, if it has touched them in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of leaves an impression hmm. and hmm. you would think of giving back. Right. Yes. So then how did you decide to uproot yourself from Singapore? And because you were, you know, you were already connected with, um, you know, giving back. Uh, so like, why did you uproot yourself? And you have two kids, I understand. Yes, correct. So, and then kind of just bring your kids over and say, okay, the here kids. we go, we'll start a new life. Oh. <laughs> the kids are very much part of this work that I have been doing. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So because of immunity up there, it's quite, you know, the, the sanitization, the health, yeah, the water yeah. is not that, you know, my mom gets a little bit worried. Yeah. So I made it a point when they turn one, so they're bigger and stronger. Yeah. I start taking them up with me. Yeah. So usually we would spend the whole December holidays. Yeah. Here. Okay. Or in the center rather, not in Chiang Mai. Yeah. And the kids see that, that way of life. Hmm. So they are pretty much part of this thing and it's part of them as well, I suppose, yeah. right? So it's their journey as monkey well. Monkey see, monkey do. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Um, so, like for them, what they will do is they have their piggy banks. Yeah. So that's the savings that they start in the beginning of the year and they bring up at the end of the year okay. to buy the apples or you know whatever okay. they feel that there's a need or we give them the direction for yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And um, anything they will they will the impact is there. I would say. Yeah. Because. Eventually, in the throughout the course of the year, you would hear them. Oh, the coco and tete, you know, they don't have this, you know, and it, you know they can make that kind of comparison. So they, they they got influenced at a very young age. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And which obviously is something that you know you wanted. Correct. Right? So you the, wanted the them to be grounded. Yes. To be grounded. Empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and very much aware that they are privileged. Yeah. In a way, comparing. Yeah. Comparing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, when I continued doing this, so even, okay, so okay, back to myself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, I broke my bond in, you have to be bonded, right? Teaching. You, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I broke my bond because uh, I felt I could do a better job hmm. teaching in the private sector. Okay. Just, this is just, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, teaching in the schools, yeah. I found myself um, with very little time devoted to teaching, which is my main purpose and my right. main job. Right. I had to do a lot of extra stuff that right. wasn't related to teaching per se. Right. So it got me a little bit frustrated. I'm absolutely passionate about economics and teaching economics. So right. it just frustrated me and I figured, oh, you know what? I need to go back, go back out there right. and just teach economics. Okay. So, back to the bank though. I had yeah. to go back to raise funds. Yeah. So that I could... <laughs> so, could. so, at that point, you would probably think my parents were, were a bit like... Confused. What's wrong with this girl? <laughs> like, what is she doing? Yes. yes. <laughs> Make up your mind. Yes, like, are you yeah. alright? You know? Yeah. What are you... <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, back to the bank for a bit. And then, uh, about probably a year and a bit, after bonus, got enough funds back out. And hmm. then, um, they started an economic school. Like oh. a tuition sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And but just specializing in economics. Okay. And so what ages? So junior college, seventeen and eighteen. Okay. Okay. So uh, that was my actually my first business. Okay. That I ventured into, and uh, I just continued doing that work. Right. Right. Even though I left. Right. So a lot of my own initiative, and then at that time with my banking colleagues and whatnot. And uh, so this was, this was basically, um, so first year we were at the center was about 2008. Okay. Okay. That, okay. That 2008. Yeah. And <clears throat> when I left college was about 2000, oh gosh, my timelines. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes. So <laughs> Not important. 2008, yeah. yeah. So when I left <clears throat> junior college, it was quite fast, about like 10 2010 okay. so I started my school about 2010 yeah okay. about that yeah but I continued so this went on all the way until um, the sister at the center and right. father right the two pioneers who started the center um, yeah. father was delegated to do some other work further north to set up a church okay. and sister because she was getting old it's very rough the conditions there yeah so she was posted back to Bangkok okay. and at that point I kind of the relationship kind of stopped. Right. Because I didn't know the new people and it was sister and father right. that I was close to. So right. I just stopped doing that. Right. And this would be probably about 2013, 
Okay. 14. Yeah, around there. Okay. And then um, that was a point where after the school, I also started another business in training. Okay. Ventured into some NLP stuff as well. Okay. And uh, training adults in economics okay. and finance. And then I started another business on the side. So it was quite a few things going on at the same time. Um, property investment. Okay. But mainly education-based as well. Okay. I like the education bit. Right, right. right. And um, so that went on for a bit and then it reached a point in time when I said, okay, uh, I want to retire. Hmm. And my aim was to retire before my dad retired. Okay. So he retired <laughs> at 45 right. or 43, I can't remember. But right. so I had this goal in my head that, okay, 40 is when I'm going to cut off. Right. So it was it, 2013, 40. Born mm. in 1973, so 2013, I was 40, and I said, okay, I'll just let let everything go. Right. Now, let it, now I just don't want people to have the impression that retire means I've got a, like a, Luxurious. I'm sitting yeah. on a mountain and I can do that. Yeah. I was okay, Yeah. but it was also a very much concerted decision that I can let all these things go. Right. Now, bearing in mind, I still have two kids yeah. at that point in time, still in primary school. So, right. it was... Like I said, a big leap of faith that, yeah. okay, yeah. that I would do this and I thought, okay, and then I can do more giving back. Right. But at that point, it wasn't clear what this giving back yeah. would be. So you were still at that stage where you were, you know, discovering what the next phase in your life yes, was going correct. to entail. But, okay, yeah. so but you see, this rat race just never ends. Yeah. And I found myself that, yeah, okay, I have more and more and more money. Yeah. One house becomes two houses, three, yeah. one car goes bigger, two yeah. cars. And but it's all material, Yes, right? and yeah. where am I going with this? Yeah. So yeah. when do I stop? 10 cars, 20 cars, 30 yeah. houses, Yeah. right? And again, I had that feeling again where something's empty inside again. Hmm. I felt like a fish out of water, sort of hmm. like, hmm. what am I doing, right? Hmm. So when I made that decision, I figured, okay, I'll have time. We'll right. go figure out. right. Um, kids need to be taken care of, of course. And then we'll see how that goes, right? So, why I am in Chiang Mai, in particular, not just Thailand, but Chiang Mai. Although I had that link, like you said, long yeah. ago. But why yeah. Chiang Mai? Because yeah. that center is not here. Yeah. Um, like I s always tell people, I've, everything happens for a reason. Hmm. So, Chiang Mai chose me. It wasn't, I chose Chiang Mai. Hmm. The options then, um, so the property investment company that I did mainly dealt in Australian property. Okay. So I started having a lot of links with Australia as well. So right. when time to make that, that semi-retire or, you know, you know, retiring in Singapore is almost impossible. Yeah. If you are not working, right? Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have a certain yes. amount of money stashed away. Not certain, but a huge a amount of money amount of, yeah. stashed away <laughs> yeah. is yeah. not an option. So yeah. you think of other options. And at that time, it, it was like Australia or Thailand. So okay. because of these two links that are hmm. kind of hmm. started already. Hmm. And uh, after a while, we thought Australia would be tough. Hmm. I would end up being the helper of the kids. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they're old, is, old enough, it's not so bad. Yeah. But I'll probably end up cooking, cleaning for them all day long. And, I feel, hmm, and not that cheap after all as well. So now that I gravitated, gravitated towards Thailand, but my sister-in-law um, was working with Property Guru in Singapore at that time. Okay, okay. And then I think smack during that that couple of months, Property Guru launched the so-called Property Guru Thailand. Okay. 
Okay. And she said, hey, sis, go take a look. Now we have a Thailand portal and all that. Right. So I popped up at a Thailand portal and it's really strange. But this house popped up. You know, they have like the top yeah. featured things. Yeah. Yeah. And this house popped up right in my face and immediately struck the chord with me. And mm. like, mm. this is the house I'm going to retire in. Mm. So seriously, at that point in time, I had no clue where this, this house, house was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because um, when we go up to the center, yeah, they had the girls' hostels, the boys' hostels. Yeah. And then there's a very kind lady from Bangkok who supported this center a lot financially. Okay. And then they gave her this corner part of the land at the center and she built this beautiful wooden house. Right. Teak wood. Right. Like this restaurant, right? This traditional Lana classical Thai house. Right. So every time we visit or I visited with the kids, we stayed in this house. Ah. So okay. it had an emotional yeah. attachment yeah. and it looks a very, like a very typical uh, Lana style Thai okay. house. Okay. And then... So can you very, very quickly, um, you know, because there'll be listeners from all over the world who may not know what a Lana style okay. is. Okay. So. Stay tuned for part two of Kaylin's Chat With Me. We were featured on the Michelin Guide Thailand. So that, that means That's, our food's in the right direction. Yeah. Although... No. You know. Yeah, and it's northern Thai food, right? Until then, this is Pyle signing off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.